And now a word from our sponsor. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here for you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that you may not be available in your area. You just fill out the questionnaire to help access your specific needs, and then you can get matched with the therapist in as little as 48 hours. Then you schedule a video or phone session, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month of betterhelp.com slash everyday celebrity. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyday celebrity. It's waiting for you. This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. Hours. Got my lines off the powder. These are my office hours. 
fucking that bitch for hours. Then we go hit the showers. Wiping her off for towers. These are my words. Nothing but bosses. Prices went up. It's gonna cost you. Chain of command. Don't think about crosses. Garbage ass trash. You're making me nauseous. Get her so wet. The wipers bounce it. Working that way. Like she wearing corsets. I got a grip. Like I had false hips. Moving that way. I gotta do more. Says Luger was 17 and I got more clips. Prices went up. Now you can't afford it. A couple of keys for your house and the mortgage They wanna chase like my name JP Morgan Office hours You, 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 you Welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast No one podcast in Oakland No one podcast in the Bay Area And today Well, I should say tonight We have uh, when, when it comes to flamboyancy <laughs> And the price When it comes to when it comes to pride and uh, when it comes to self confidence, right. this is this is an artist that you would think of, Mr. Max Prime. Hold on, nigga. I'm, let me <laughs> let me finish. I'm my taking over. I'm taking over the show. <laughs> he is a character that I met uh, in Oakland, California, and he is uh, one of the realest ones. And we go tap into his life and his art artistry. Welcome, Mr. Max Prime, to the show. Bam, 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 bam. It's like drink champs out here. We got the Moet. We got the Tropicana. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. This has been this has been in the making. It took some time, but it's you know, a long time. Just like wine, it takes. Uh, I mean, the longer yeah. you sit on it, the better it's gonna get. So hopefully, and that's the thing with me too. I tell people this. You know, mm -hmm. I tell people like. It's going to take a few years, but it's worth the wait. This shit is it's going to be worth the wait. You know, we got we got them on wet. You know, we're doing mimosas. It's not morning, but it doesn't matter what time it is because it's no, morning it in Tokyo. Yeah. It's morning in UK. It's still early as fuck, though. It is. Even though it's dark as shit. I mean, daylight savings time. It if, is. We got the, yeah, we got the time back. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. But um, <laughs> let's, let's, I don't know if you ever heard my podcast before, but we, we talk about like upbringing. We, we, we don't, I don't talk about like basic shit that every other like interviewer will ask you mm -hmm. um like what's your top artist and all that shit so we want to we want to we want to know about the person before the person is now you know what i'm saying let's get it popping oh this so, is a little rough on me <laughs> might hold on i don't want to hold yeah, the mics hope, up hope, out here hold hold on. Hope, i don't want to ruin the computer and ruin the whole interview yeah, yeah please don't it. you know let's get it popping so where where am i from what yeah do I do? Where, yeah where are you originally from I'm from Oakland. I was born in Oakland. Born and raised in Oakland? No, I was not raised in Oakland. Okay. Now, this is where the mystery is going to come through, you know, because I was born in Oakland. My mom took me to New York when I was four. Mm. You feel me? She dipped on pops mm. and she left. You know, she was scared, whatever. Like, that's, that's the thing. You know, that fear will destroy us. And I grew up all over New York. You feel me? Not in the city proper. You know, I lived in Ossining. You know, I lived in, 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 in Briarcliff, in New Rochelle, in, in Katona, in fucking, you know, and then I ended up upstate, you know, after we bounced around. I bounced around a lot. Mm. And I didn't know what was going on. You know, we're staying in these one bedroom apartments. We're staying in these things, you know, and I went to a lot of different schools when I was younger. Mm. You feel me? And it was always, 
we got to go. And that's one of my problems. You know, that shit really messed with my sense of, of love moving around and finding stability and finding comfort and finding sense of self. I didn't know who I was, you know, and like, and I barely knew my pops either. You know, I, I was a black man. We're- were you bouncing around? Was she leaving, trying to like uh, hide from him or something? No, no. She was she was trying to find my stepdad, and she found okay. him. And then once she found him, then we were on the fuck. We were on the wiggle. We were on the bounce, on the move. Mm. You know, because that was the life that we were living. Mm. And yeah, damn. Hey, I love you, mom. Though, hey, mom. Cheers to you. Hold on, let's get some mimosas. Hold on, let's slow it down a little bit. Hold on, we're going. No, we're going heart to heart, and we're going to get it into it because this is this is a very important piece of my life, and I'm all about it. Yes, let's get it. And shout out to Tropicana. I need to get that mimosa maker. You know, I got the. We got mimosas in the morning, but we need to get that Tropicana uh, sponsor too. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying. Cheers. Yep. Mm. That's it. No, you don't like it? No, it's good. Why? Why'd you, why'd you make a face like it was a shot? <laughs> some mimosas, some oranges and champagne, bro. We drink hard liquor. Come on, we turn up. <laughs> I just got back from Vegas. They had me roofie. But anyway, back to oh, moms. Oh, yeah, we're we getting that story. Back to moms, back to moms, and back to moving around New York, you know? So, like, this is before social media. Uh-huh. This is before Facebook, you know? So, she found her high school sweetheart. She found him, you know? And then they're trying to figure out their shit and this is the thing that fucked with me i didn't know but it would always be it's time to go so i would make some friends i would you know i would i would get in cool and that's one thing my mom always did she always found the spot next to the rich people that's one thing i always had some good neighbors to take care of me because my mom was like a little girl bro she was like she was a little girl and she was back on that high school sweetheart mode Mm. she didn't give a fuck about me it was about them and one thing with me as a kid the sounds I got misophonia. I got misophonia, bro. So when people fucking chew with their mouth open, (laughs) weird sounds, yo, that would drive me crazy. And Mm -hmm. I I figured it out a few years ago. It was because when I was a kid, we were in Asening. We had a one-bedroom apartment. I was probably maybe six. And I woke up to hearing them having sex. And Your mom and your stepdad? My mom and my stepdad. Okay. Woke up to them having sex. I didn't know what was going on and they're laying on each other, laying on each other, you know, butt ass naked. And I remember shaking my mom like, mom, mom, wake up. What's going on? And they pretended like they were dead. Mm. Didn't say nothing. You know, so I want to hear that sound. Only time I, I said it in high school too. When I was like, I was like, yo, only time I want to hear that sound is when I'm getting my dick sucked. Yo, close your mouth when you chew, have some respect. You mm. feel me? But like it triggers me and it goes deep into my core and I don't know, and, and I don't know why it, it hits like that, but there's a trauma and the things that happen to us when we're kids, you know, that shit hits like that. And that's what happened. And I figured it out. So, so yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I grew up in, I grew up in, um, I grew up in New York, bounced around a lot, you know, um, shout out Putt Lake, yo, Putt Lake. So there's this little spot, Putnam Lake. It's about an hour and a half from the city. Mm. That's where my mom ended up buying a house. I'm pretty sure my stepdad used to hit licks and I mean, I'm trying to incriminate him, but like he was, he was crazy, bro. He was wild because we were always moving. He was a painter, but we would always have to dip. So they would do a job and we, you know, I mean, New York, upstate New York, there's a lot of nice big houses. You know, you go to Katona, you go to uh, uh, Westchester, you go, you know, there's a lot of rich people, Mm -hmm. you know, so he would go and do these painting jobs 
And I'm pretty sure he would hit licks because that's why we had to just keep going up and up and up and have to just move out of nowhere. This is your stepdad you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Is it, was he black? Hell no. He was white? Mm-hmm. Your mom is black? He was a nigga, though. No, my mom is white. Your mom's white? My mom is white. But he was a but nigga. But your real dad is black? My, my, my father, my pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my pop is Haitian. Yes, he's Haitian and Creole. Yes, he's a black man. Mm. But still, I mean, yeah, bro. That motherfucker was hitting licks, though, bro. Like, I... You know, he was hitting licks and, and that's the thing about me. You know, they don't think I remember my childhood and remember what was going on and what was happening, but I remember. Mm. I remember that shit. And I remember those late nights where we had to move. I remember those fights, you know, I remember fuck yeah, I remember them fucking. I remember all the drama and all the shit, you know, and it and it weighed heavy on me. And <laughs> well, what's what's the age range uh in this time period? How old were you? This is from when I was you know, like I said, like six to, you know, six to 12. I mean, by the time I was 12, though, by the time I was 12, I was six feet. You know, by the time I was 12, I looked like I was 18. Grab the mic. By the time I was 12, I looked like I was 18, you know? Uh, so, I mean, but yeah, from, from, yeah, elementary, middle school, you know, like yeah, elementary, middle school, just bouncing, 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 bouncing around, you know, finally settled down, finally settled down. I think maybe sixth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. In New York? Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, too. It's like, I was upstate, but I was still all over. I was wiggling because my mom didn't care. Like, she didn't care. You know, like, she was in her she was in her high school, back in high school, fantasy land. It was them. You know, it was always, mm. it was always them. And they didn't care about me. So, I did what I wanted. So, I was, you know, I was exploring. I was you had a bunch out. of freedom. Yeah, too much. Too much. I, I had no guidance. Yes, I had too much freedom and no guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wish I had that. And then my pops, you know, and then that's another thing too. Like pops was trying to find me, you know, pops would come in and out, you know, like, but that's the thing too. My pops got screwed over on a lot, you know, from child support and <clears throat> from child support to, you know, seeing me and missing me and wondering what's going on. You know, I mean, he, you know, he's getting all, he got his passport yanked, mm. you know, he couldn't travel. He was supposed to go do the Olympics. He was supposed to go to Australia. Was that 2000, was it 2000 Olympics in Sydney? Yeah. To run track? No, he was no, my pops is audio. My pops is an audio guy. Sets up, does all this. Uh That's why I did the TV stuff. Uh That's why I do ESPN. That's how I got into it because I grew up around it. When I finally reconnected with him, I started coming back out here when I was 12. Mm. You know, so I started coming back out to Oakland for the summers, Christmas, you know, so I I grew up all over though. That's the thing too. People be asking me, where are you from? Everywhere. My grandma lived in DC, you know, R.I.P. Mama K. You know she lived in Southeast D.C. I remember. Well, let's 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 stay on the New York phase for right now. So you uh, so when you were in New York and you had all this freedom, that uh, were you getting in trouble? I always got a I always got away with it. I was blessed. I was blessed. I always got away with it. But no, let's no let's talk about no. I mean, there's a lot because. Let's go to D.C., though. I'm going to run it back because I think I was maybe seven. I think the first time I saw my pops after I left California from mm. four, I think mm. I was maybe seven. And my pops took the train, came and met me, and I went down to D.C. to see my grandma. You know, and she was Your grandma on your dad's side? Yeah, oh, okay. Grandma K, pops. My pops. I don't call him dad. I don't call him dad. You know, that was another thing, too. That was another thing that pissed me off, too, because mom was like, daddy, you know, that's daddy. And I was a kid, but like now being back in Oakland, that pimp shit, like daddy. 
<laughs> you know, like, why you got me calling daddy? Nah, that's not my daddy. And Pops was always like, no, I'm your pop. I'm not, because Pop never had a father. My Pops never had his father in his life either. So yeah. you, you saying, you saying, saying daddy is more, uh, how can I say it? it's more like giving credit to him raising you or, or not? He never not raising me. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, I raised like realistically, I raised myself and I was blessed to have my father in and out. I was blessed to have my father and I was blessed that he per- persevered and found me and took the time, you know, because he could have been just like one of these other niggas in Oakland who was like, oh, I got another son out here. But mm-hmm. he really cared, you know, mm-hmm. and he really had to fight to find me, to see me. To come to come across the country to spend the time with me, you know, to to make that effort because mm. my mom was always bouncing around, disappearing, mm. you know, like, and this shit's getting real. I mean, he's, we we getting really real, and mom's is not gonna like this, but I mean, it's the truth, and it is what it is, and we've talked about this, and and it's who I am. So I was in D.C. Southeast. I think I was maybe seven. We went on the train, went down, seen pops. You know, and I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, because I got a white mom, a white dad. You know, this is the 90s. You know, it's 1997. Mm. I didn't fit in anywhere. I couldn't fit in. I couldn't fit in anywhere, bro. Because I'm not white enough. I'm not black enough. My Mm. hair is too big. My hair is to this. My hair is to that. Everybody, I was always pushed away. I was always ostracized. I was always pushed out because I was never in that category of this is this and this is that. So that's true. Every time I hear uh, when mixed race people Mm-mm. always say that to me, oh, I, I didn't fit in with the blacks, so I didn't fit in with the whites. I always second guess it because niggas are very accepting people. Like black people. Ex- niggas are accepting people? Well, to me, black people accept. Nigga, please. <laughs> black people accept everybody. I mean. Like we don't turn nobody away. I mean, you want to hang out with us? Cool. You hang out with us. It's so I always, I always feel like. When, I mean, do you mean black people as people in America? Do you mean black people yeah. as Africans? No, no I'm do not talking mean, about Africa. I'm just talking about black people in America. Like when you see, when you go to a school, when you see a group of black people, and let's say a uh, a white guy wants to hang out with them, I mean, black people ain't gonna be like, no, get the fuck away from it. If you cool, you know what I'm saying, hang out. But a group of white people, a black dude can't walk up to a group of white people and try to hang out. So I feel like black people are accepting of a lot of people. Now I might be wrong. That's just my no, experience. No, you're not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong, and that's actually the the craziest dynamic of racism. Because yeah, black people will accept everybody else except themselves, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that hurts. You know, we kill any, we go and kill each other. But when somebody else wants to come in, but I mean, it depends what hood you're from too. Because and it's the time too. We're talking about signs of the times. I mean, this is back in the '90s. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was a kid, but now it's different. It's what 2020 about to be 2023. You know now. Things have changed. But back then in the 90s, I feel like races were clicked up, especially in New York. You know, you had the, you had the Puerto Ricans, you know, you had the, you had the blacks, you had the white, you had the Italians, you had the Albanians, you had the Russians, you had what else? I mean, we had the Dominicans, we had you, you Cubans, know, you had all you the, had the Cubans, you know, every, everybody, Chinese. In, in the 90s, everybody's clicked up. I mean, mm-hmm. we go back in time now, yeah. But if we go back in time, people are, are really clicked up and, the separation, and that's one thing that everybody's pushing is keeping people separated. And we're not that much different. We are not. Were you in high school uh, when you were in DC? 
No, no, I, I never lived in DC. I just, you know, I just spent time there visiting. Okay. You know, I spent, you know, a few weeks there, uh, you know, a month there seeing grandma on vacation, mm. Christmas vacation, you know, like the times that I had off. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a child? I have a, I have a, I have a brother. My mom had a, my mom had a, um, my brother Nico with my stepdad, you know, it's my half brother. And that's a whole nother conundrum. But hold on, like, let's, let's go back to, I don't know why I said DC. Oh, DC. Oh, when I was in DC, bro, the first time I seen somebody get shot. That's why I wanted to bring that up. First time I saw somebody get shot. Okay. I was in DC, Southeast at the McDonald's. We were buying CDs, bro. We were buying, you know, the bootleg CDs. Mm. You remember back in the day, people don't even remember about CDs. Yeah, I remember now. I used to get all my Dipset CDs. Yeah, Dipset. Mixtape. Ow. That mm. piff. You feel me? But like, yo, Dipset, um, whatever. Like me and Pops went to go get some some CDs. And, you know, what is it? A dollar, you know, a couple dollars a CD. Mm-hmm. So we're at the McDonald's in Southeast and we're getting some CDs off the CDRs. And this dude just comes up, bro. And he's like, yo, where's my money? You ain't pay me back for my CDRs. You know, and it's like, hold on. Oranges? Yeah. How you like it? Yeah. Do it how you like it. You know, what's your perfect... Continue the story. What's your perfect mimosa? You know, so we go, so we go and we get these CDs and this dude comes up and pulls up on him and yo, Pops had maybe, you know, it was what? It's for five for 10, you know, 10 for dub. Uh And Pops had picked his, we picked our 10 out and this dude was like, yo, where's my money? I'm just blasted, dude. Damn. Like Pops had the CDs, you know, like Pops had the CDs in his hand. He shot the nigga that was selling the CDs? Yeah, because he owed him some money over the CDs. He didn't have his money for the CDRs. That's crazy. You know, and, me and Pops just grabbed me and we walked off and we got some free CDs. Cheers to that. Prices went up. <laughs> he lost his life for some CDs. It's crazy. It is crazy how stupid niggas are killing people for the dumbest shit. I mean, it's not even, it's not, and it's not their fault. And you know what else it is? It's not their fault. It's how we're, it's how we've been programmed. And I was thinking about this the other day, bro. We, we talk about slavery mm. and we talk about conditioning, social conditioning, the amount of anxiety and stress that the black man in America, an African American, because when you go out to, that's why niggas in Paris, that's why niggas in Paris is a big thing because there aren't no real niggas in Europe. You see a nigga in the UK, UK is a little different. They, they go hard, but still. In Europe, there aren't no niggas because they're not, it's not the same. They don't look at race like us. In America, they have been fucking whipped, lynched, hang, ran, chased. Every little thing, every moment of their life has been hanging by a thread. Any little thing that they do could get them killed. Any little thing that they do could get them whipped. And it just has bred so much anxiety. And I think that's why the black community has so much tension. I think that's why there's so much anxiety. I think that's why there's so much poverty and fear. Because it's in our DNA. And that shit, it was instilled in us. Mm. And over generations of living in shacks and feeling like we're nothing and we're worth this and being told you're not this. When you get told you're something over and over again, you're going to start to believe it. Yeah. You know, and like, that's the thing. And that's why, and that's why niggas can't come together because, and that's the thing with the, the Sambos and the, um, and the Uncle Toms, you know, motherfuckers want to be the house niggas and the, you know, oh yes, master, this nigga ran off. You know, that's why niggas want to be so quick to snitch. The Herschel Walkers, uh, if any, if anybody know about politics, he's talking about the Herschel Walkers. I'm going Marshawn though. I'm going Marshawn. I'm going to do a Marshawn on him and I'm going to tell him. <laughs> 
the case of Lila, prices are up. <laughs> but for real, not. Nah, I mean, but like, it's, 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 it's a shame. It's a shame because we're kings and we're gods. Mm. And that's why they did that to us because we had too much power. They took the power away from us. They're like, yo, these motherfuckers can't have all this power. We got to figure something out. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, everyone, everyone knows that, but I mean, yeah, but let's, do we? let's, everybody knows it, but what are we still doing? We're still killing each other. Takeoff just got smacked in Houston over some stupid. fucking dice. When it all is, when it all comes down to is accountability. Yes, we're we're dealt these troubling cards, but when it all comes down to you getting an argument over some dumb shit, you are the one who pulls the gun out and shoot him over over an argument. Not it all me. comes down not to me. not me. Yeah, not you, but I'm talking about but when that dumb shit happens. It all comes down to accountability. And dumb niggas like that, I believe throw them niggas under the jail. If you're that I mean, stupid. I mean, we can't even I mean, it sounds ignorant though to call them dumb niggas because but that's what it is. They a are. dumb nigga. A little nigga. That makes but like I hate that like word too, bro. That word too. Look back. That word. That word holds so much power, you know. And it's like it doesn't though. It does. It holds not so much anymore. Because when if I say if I drop the hard R and I say nigger, bam, 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 that don't like, even that don't even bother me anymore. It it hurt me saying it. Like the hard R is nasty. That shit That's don't mean word. shit to me anymore. Because matter of fact, because. I don't even know why we veered off into no, this. We're not veering off. No, this is important. But this is important. The word nigga, I hear, I hear. You couldn't it. say. It. Can you say? It? Hold on. Can you say it? Say what? So you couldn't say it. You were gonna try to. You, you no, just I'm talking went, about. I'm talking about the. the you were trying to do the hard R. You were about to say the hard R, but you went. You stopped. <laughs> no, see, that's how much power it holds. That's how much pain. No, but listen. No, hold on. The say word it. doesn't say mean it. nothing to me anymore because I hear people who aren't even black say it more than black people. The like, Asians. have you ever hanged around the Asians. Asians and Filipinos? Uh, uh, the Asians. Nigga, they nigga, calling they each nigga, other. Nigga, nigga. They don't even say nigga. They say nigga, 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 nigga. And it's it's so annoying. I know. They're and, calling and, each other that way more than they, we are. I, yeah, I hate and if that. You think, if you think uh, these... <sighs> When you go to concerts like Travis Scott concerts, Lord have and shit. mercy on our souls. No, when you on, go to let's, Travis wait, wait, concerts, let's go back. No, let's go back to the Asians though. Let's go back to the Asians dropping niggas left and right. Because when you're at the bar and they drunk and they drink in Hennessy and they got a bunch of money and they fuck with niggas and they feel like they're the boss, they want to throw that word around a lot. And it's like, bro, you didn't yeah, even it say anything. You just said nega. They don't even say nigga. They say nega. Seven words out of a thirteen-word sentence. Like, what did you just say? Yeah, the word doesn't mean anything anymore. Well, that, I'm just talking about me. No, that word you're 100% right. It doesn't mean shit anymore. It's got so it. diluted. It's got yeah, so, so diluted. So many people use it. And if you think uh, white people are not saying it in their, in their house behind Bro. closed doors when they're rapping this rap music, you think they're just stopping when you say when, Travis. When you say, when you, when, when you hear, when you listen to rap music and then when, the, when they say nigga in the song, do you think white people are just stopping? Kendrick, you said Travis. I say Kendrick. I was at well, Outside any, Lands. Any fucking well, rapper. I'm, I'm complimenting to what you're saying. I was at Outside Lands. And what is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Man down. Where you from, nigga? Fuck who you know. I was at Outside Lands in San Francisco. Full of white all people. All white people. Yes, that's who all goes to the concert. All white people. And Kendrick dropped that. 
and the white people were like, "My nigga!" Like they were so excited to say it. Exactly. They love. They want. They. It was. You think you them could, niggas in that could, crowd are just stopping when bro, that word you comes? You could on the hear song. it. You could hear it all through Golden Gate Park. Man down. Where you from, my nigga? You know, like and no the, one cares. No, because it doesn't mean anything anymore. It, it means a lot. It's just but a it's fucking just, slang word. No, now. it means a lot, and it's got so polluted. It hasn't even got diluted. It's got so polluted that everybody feels comfortable and people are too comfortable saying it because they don't understand where it comes from. Same mm-hmm. thing with boy, same thing with boy, mm-hmm. same thing, you know, and, and that's why I say with the hard R, you still haven't said it. It doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something to you. And the power and the pain, so many people have been killed. So many people have been burned alive. So many people have been slaughtered. And well, yeah, the hard R does mean something. I'm just talking about thank the you. GA. Thank you, thank you. No, thank no GA. But hey, now if you, you say the, the hard R is it, it hurts the heart. That's the automatic. Heart. That's automatic fighting. The hard R. That's like the one oh. word that just off top you just have to swing. And that's why that's that's the number one word for fuck. And me. a lot of and a lot of people, a lot of people who are not black don't understand it. No, they do, and they like to and they like to test. They want to test. They want yeah. to push. They want to. If you push get a white buttons. person mad enough, they're gonna say nigga. They're gonna say fuck you, nigga. That's if you get he's a. Still, he, ladies and I gentlemen, I he still friend. is not set. Drop the hard R. He's still. Listen, he's he's slowly. A, <laughs> he's slowly working up to it. That's how I hurtful that was. I had a friend, right? He's he was white that I grew up with, and I used to go to his house and shit. This is when we were like kids, and he had he had a, a huge family. He had a whole bunch of brothers and sisters, and we were close as fuck. Like we grew up together, chilling and shit. And he had a little brother that used to like follow us around, hang out, try to hang out with us. And then one day we were like, uh, no, you can't, you can't hang out with us. So we tried to ditch him and then he started crying or something and he was so mad. And then he just started, nigger, nigger, started start ye- screaming it, screaming that to me. And to I must have, uh, to me, cause I mean, I'm black. And he was white. Kid, where was this? This was in, uh, it was in Southern California. Uh, like outside of LA and how, and, but listen, so he got so mad that that will, that were only word that that was going to, to try to, to, to try to make me feel his, his pain basically. Right. And I must've hit him so hard. Like I hit him so hard. His head like went back into the, uh, to the wall and shit. Well, and that's the thing. And that's, and that's what, and that's what I'm saying. Words do hold so much power. And like you say, nigga doesn't mean anything to you. And you're 100% right because it's gotten so diluted and polluted. But that hard R has so much hate and so much fire. Yeah. But so much death behind it. The reason when you say it and speak it up, it's almost like a magic. It's almost like abracadabra. It's almost like speaking a magic word. When you say that word, you can feel it. Like when I said it earlier, I like it hurt me to say that. And it made me, and it brought me back to that time. And that's the thing that people don't understand. What we say is very important and very powerful. And that's another thing too that we need to talk about is all this, what are we saying? And oh, you can't say this and you can't say that. Yeah. You say everything on this shit. No, no, I'm not. I'm, yeah, no, prices I'm not are up. Known. Prices are, no, you, you dug deep. You dug deep in me. You, yo, he, he <laughs> caught me off the bat and had me talk about my moms and my childhood and put her on blast. And I love my moms. You know, we we reconciled. And thank you for, for having me air that out. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. You know, cheers to that for... For airing well, we out, for airing it out. We ain't done yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, prices are up. We just got started. You know, it's like crypto right now. You gotta, you gotta ride the wave. But so, like, the, yeah. hold on. Like that's the thing about our vocabulary, our words, and the things that we say. We need to take accountability of it. But now 
everybody is, oh, he just said this. We can't, he can't say that, you know, and it shuts everything down. No, we need to have a conversation about it. We can't just cut people off just because they're speaking their mind. What do you feel about, uh, I don't know if you're, you're tapped in with like what's going on in social media, but you know, when Elon Musk purchased Twitter and then the word nigger rose. Oh, he said, oh, bam, bam, bam. He just <laughs> dropped that at the hard R. It yeah. Rose 500%. Like, it rose like, yeah, 500%, 500%. because he, he, uh, I guess he said like, you can say basically free speech. So basically he, he made it to where you can just say anything. Right. Whatever you want on Twitter, and then everyone just started saying. I mean, I didn't even know that you couldn't put a n i g g e r on Twitter, and you it wouldn't post. I mean, you couldn't until Elon Musk bought. So Twitter. you couldn't you couldn't do so that before Elon Musk bought Twitter. There was uh, if you tried to do that, your your account would probably would get got it suspended or yeah. blocked or whatever because it was considered hate wow. speech. Wow! And now Elon Musk he bought Twitter, right? And then now he he freed up to where he didn't uh, to where you can basically say anything because he believes in 100% free speech. I mean, I believe in free speech as well, but it's like, why are we... Do you though? But that's not even speech. Because everyone says they believe in free speech until they hear something that they don't agree uh -uh, with. uh -uh, Me, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to speak my mind. I have no problem. You know me, bro. Like, you see me, I'm I'm going to go off the cusp and I'm going to say how I feel and I might be wrong. And if I'm wrong, okay, I'm wrong. You know, but I will always express how I feel and tell you what I think. And sometimes that turns people off and it makes them like, yo, this motherfucker's crazy. What is he talking about? That's not mm-hmm. even where I was thinking, you know, but like, I'm going to get it out. I'm going to air it out. Mm-hmm. And it's not free speech. These people are typing behind a computer. You're not talking. You're not grabbing a mic. You're not standing up and showing your face and free speech. I believe in free speech. I don't believe in free typing. I don't believe in free twitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come on <laughs> come on now y'all want to sit behind your computers at your house safe and sound and talk all this shit that's the thing too with the internet that's why it's getting messy because everybody gets tough behind a computer come see me outside yeah. i'm gonna say it to your face if yeah. i say anything to anybody about them i'll see them in the street and i'll be like yeah bro like yo prices are up you did this like that's how i feel i am not i'm not a sneaker you see me i got gucci shoes i got boot. i wear boots i'm mm-hmm. not i don't wear sneakers i don't sneak around i don't tiptoe Mm-hmm. I'm not walking on eggshells. I'm gonna speak my mind, and I'm a, and I'm gonna stand firm to what I believe because that's who I am. But so many people are so comfortable, you know, drunk. They're even drinking mimosas. They probably drinking Budweisers behind, you know, on their computer. So, so you believe they shouldn't be allowed to say that? Okay. It's not that I I don't believe it. It's the fact that they don't need. They don't. They they're sitting behind a screen. They're not even. They're. Not, it's not speech. They're not. They're not out there. They're not representing themselves. They're not taking a stance. They're just putting some things up and clicking. It's so easy just to type and click and send. If you want to say something, stand up and, and back it. Because if I see that dude who said, all, yo, five, I bet you, yo, 500%, 500% of those people out of that 500%, 498% of those motherfuckers will be scared and will get their ass beat if they see us and they want to say that nigger shit. Yeah. You, you feel me? Like... They're not going to say it to our face. Of course they're not. They'll say it on the computer. See how you type and see poop? You know, like, <laughs> see, like they're going to say it on the computer. They ain't going to say it to your face. You know, and that's the problem. Mm. That's the problem because they're comfortable doing it behind your back and behind closed doors. But when we in the streets and, we, and you face to face and man to man, they're not going to say that. And that's the problem. So, so when did you... 
migrate to the West Coast I was permanently. Born here. I came back. I, w- I was born here. And I came back. When did I come back? He said migrate. <laughs> come on, bro. The spiritual migration. I came back to Zion. I came back to, um, what, not Zion. What is it? Mecca. I came back to Mecca when I was 17. I graduated early. You know, I mean, I was 17 when I graduated high school and I came back to Oakland. I came back to Oakland though when I was 12. The first time I came back home was when I was 12 and mm. I came every summer after that. Mm. You know, so I spent my summers in Cali and then I would go back to New York. You know, I remember that first summer I came back to Oakland. And it was weird, you know, because like I had dreads, yo, and it was crazy because I had dreads. I wanted dreads just off the vibe before the hyphy movement. Like, you know, I like to smoke weed. I started smoking weed when I was young. You know, I was, I was 12 to, I mean, yeah, I think I was 12. But I started, I started smoking weed. I wanted dreads. I just like the Rasta vibe. I don't know. I don't know why I wanted dreads, but I had dreads, you know, and I came out here and I remember I was like 14. And it was the hyphy movement and everybody just had their little nubs, you know, they just had their little yeah. strawberry shirt nubs and my, you know, and I was banging, you know, but my mom had did my dreads. I still looked like a, I looked like a pineapple head, you know, they weren't, they weren't tight. They weren't right locks, you know, like I didn't have, I didn't have the proper locks, mm. you know, I had some, I had some hippie dreads mm. because I'm white still, I'm still white. Yeah. <laughs> he said yeah he said yeah yeah you're right no like and but like you know my you know like i had my dread but i wanted my dreads and i had just so i came out here and i, I was I what was, year was this when you came back here for, i told for 12 when i was 12 no for good well, 17 no, i moved back out here when i was 17 so what 2000 year 2007 2007 okay 2008 after i graduated 2008 i graduated and i moved back out here what was the reasoning for moving back? It's here my home out? because I've been because it was my home. You know, it was my. You didn't home. want to stay in New York. No, I didn't want to. No, for what? Prices are up. I need to get back to the town. I need to get back to Oakland, where I was supposed to be the whole time that mm. I got pulled away from. You know, and I came back and I, I got into San Francisco State. I got into San Francisco State on a scholarship. Like I was really smart, bro. I was like really good in school, but I was. You know, like when I was in high school, I was turning up, bro. I was hanging out with all the, all the, the, you know, the older kids because I was tall. I was older. I liked to drink. I liked to party. I had no curfew. I was out, you know, we're playing beer pong or smoking weed, mm-hmm. you know, we're turning up. I mean, I was doing blow when I was 16. I started doing blow when I was 16 years old, mm-hmm. heavily. You know, I hung out with a lot. I always hung out with the older crowd because I was always, because I was ahead of my time, you know, and, What was, what's the point? Yeah. So like I had been out here, bro. I, I've been out here and I've been all over. I'm a chameleon, dog. I'm a chameleon. I could fit in anywhere. That's the thing. I could fit in anywhere, bro. I could be on, on the court talking to the ballers in the locker room, popping bottles. I could be on the block. You feel me talking to the Knox, giving them money, telling them, yo, what's going on in the streets right now? The feds is out here. We're watching. They were doing what? I could be sitting, talking to the director for Monday night football about what shots we're going to get. You know, I could be in a back closed room talking to some real estate investors about, yo, the A's are about to get it popping. Like, what are we going to do? What moves are we going to make? Bro, I could fit in anywhere. And like, that's one thing that made me. And that's why I say my mom's moved me around and did all this stuff. And it sounds like there's resentment and hate, but no, I love her for that because it made me who I was. It made me be able to be resilient and not stop and keep going and be able to move and fit in. And I'm not fake. I'm not fake. I'm just versatile. Where's your mom at now? She's in New York. She's New York, in New York, upstate, upstate New York, close to Connecticut. Shout out to Green Chimneys, you know, 
Green chimneys. She. It's a beautiful. Green place. chimneys. Green chimneys. <laughs> Green chimneys is a beautiful place. They take um, they take kids that have been, you know, they take kids that have been abused. Their parents, are, you know, um, kids that have, um, alcoholic parents, drug induced parents, kids with special needs. Not only just that, but they take kids that need help. They take them. They live there. It's almost. It's like a giant group home. They use animals in a farm and um for rehabilitation it's a school they take kids with with cerebral palsy to take kids with multiple sclerosis it's it's a they do a lot i mean i i need to get the pamphlet i need we need to what does she do there uh she runs she's one she's one of the um she's one of the head people she's one of the directors there she runs that she runs the spot she runs uh, she's been there for a long time too she's been holding it down but um it's a beautiful place. It's came up too because it used to be it used to be crazy, but it's beautiful to see a place like that flourish. Mm-hmm. You know, where they're taking inner city kids and getting them out of that environment and giving them opportunity mm-hmm. and and helping them learn and grow and and rehabilitating them. You know, and and that's her slice of heaven. And God bless Don't. her for that. And I love her. Yeah, cheers to that. Cheers oh, to yeah. that. Cheers to Green Chimneys. Shout out Green Chimneys. Shout out, Green Chimneys. Shout out Jules. You know Shout out Moms. Love that sponsorship, Green Chimneys. <laughs> then nah, that, that's state money. We don't want no state money. Prices are up. Prices are up. So you went to San, San Francisco State and studied what? I went to San Francisco State and I was in the. We'll finish program. this bottle, huh? No, 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 we're just getting started. Prices are up. We're just getting started. It's yeah, the, yo, see, yeah, you're you're hating on the mimosas, but yo, the mimosas is a wave. Mimosas, mimosas, mimosas <laughs> in the morning. Any time is a mimosa time. So you went Tropicana, to, Tropicana. I want that mimosa. You maker. went to San Francisco State when? I went to San Francisco State from 2008 until 2000, and I went there for a year. But I, you know, I messed it. Up. I was yeah, I was college. What? Yo, college is a college is a crazy game. What were you studying? Did you go to college? I did. It was a waste of fucking. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, say it was a waste of time, but I mean, it, college is. You know, it's a get in where you fit in. And like the the people that have their alma maters and they have their parents and they have all that stuff, mm-hmm. they can get in because they, they're, you know, they're given. But when you don't have anybody to guide you, mm-hmm. you don't know. It's hard. And that's what I'm saying. I went to state. I was in the BECCA program, Broadcast Electronic, BECCA, B-E-C-C-A, Broadcast Electronic, Broadcast Electronic Communications Arts I don't even know how that I said it like that, but that's what it is. <laughs> I think it's BEC. It's Becca. Okay. Broadcast Electronic Communication Arts. And it's a great school. San Francisco State is actually a great school for if you want to do production, if you want to do theater, if you want to do lighting, if you want to do videos. It's actually compared to Juilliard on the West Coast. Mm. Did you know that? No. It, it's a really good school. You know, so I got in for that, but I fucked it off because I'm a nigga. Mm. And. I don't understand the opportunities that I have. And I was still trying to figure my life out. I was 17. You know, I was 17. I was still trying to figure life out. And I had to take a bunch of all these other classes. I didn't get to do what I wanted. You know, the first year, you know, you got to do your general ed. You got to do your math, your algebra. You got to do your English. You got to do the bullshit. You know, you're not doing what you want. That's why I always say go to community college first. first. Yeah, off top. Go to yeah, and that's why I went back to Laney. And that's when I went to Laney. Shout out to Laney. Get all that shit out the way. You know no, shout out to Laney, bro. Do you know about Laney? I do. I had Laney lit. They got a fucking Netflix show about their football team. They do they do? They got Laney Gridiron? They got the Laney cats on Gridiron? Uh I think it's called uh Gridiron Night Lights or some shit. Bro. It's like Laney. a documentary about their the Laney football team. Bro, I was at I was at State on Netflix. I catted it off. 
I cut it off at state mm. and I had to go to Laney. Okay. And I went to Laney and shout out Muhammad right there, Lake Merritt Bart, the front, there was a hot dog stand. He would mm. sell single swishers and single cigarettes. Yo, we had Laney going stupid. We had the whole hood. We had West Oakland, East Oakland. Niggas were pulling up from all over the hood in the front of Laney. Just to get glizzies? No, no, not glizzies. No, to just turn up, to get weed, to uh. freestyle, to smoke. He said just to get glizzies. <laughs> <laughs> just to get no, some hot dogs, no, man? They, no, they were pulling up because it was lit. Because it was Laney lit. was lit. Back in the day? Bro, like that? back in like 09, 10... Back in like 10, Laney was going stupid. Damn. Laney was lit. Everybody was smoking. Bro, you couldn't even walk. Bro, you couldn't walk to class without getting high because there was so much weed in front of Laney. Mm. I had Laney crazy. I, this was before Bluetooth speakers. My pops had some speakers. He gave me some speakers, bro. I had the, um, I had the, they had D batteries. I had them in my backpack and they had the auxiliary. I plugged them in. Mm. I had beats, bro. We had freestyle sessions in front of Laney. You know, we're smoking hella blunts, running it up. Mm. And then I had to go to class. <laughs> you feel me like and i was still and i still was killing it i ended up being shout out to steve slitsky at laney he was a um he worked at ktvu he was a he was one of the uh direct uh, producers at ktvu he he ran a great class mm-hmm. he did um introduction to to media you know he taught you how to edit how to do short films how to do all the stuff like there was a lot of good teachers at laney bro laney's a special place so yeah this this is another thing that i find interesting about you is you worked this is when i first met you i used to see you uh at the warrior games and a lot of and you were working for espn mm-hmm. can you tell the people what exactly what you were doing oh of course of course i can and it's in the you'll hear in the song at the end i was so for espn i mean and that's what my pops did my pops was the audio guy like i said when i came out here when i was a kid i'd be around tv trucks so in the back of a semi truck mm-hmm there's a whole production studio. Yeah. There's a director's chair. You go in the, you go in the truck, it's a whole studio. Mm-hmm. You got 20 screens. You have a switcher. In the back, you have a, a, you know, you have an SSL board where the audio mixer is and it's live TV production. You know, and that's what I did. I would set everything up. So I started off doing the grunt work. It's, it's a utility, you know, over under wrapping cables, setting it up, doing the grunt work. That's how I started. But I busted my ass and I busted my ass and I kept going. Then the Warriors started winning. And when the Warriors started winning, it got bigger and bigger. It, normal, a normal show is one, two trucks. When mm-hmm. the NBA finals are here, it's 30, 40 trucks. Cause like there's like more stations covering it or what? It's just, it's a, it's more, it's, it's the main show, you know, it's, it's the, it's the championship, same mm-hmm. thing with the world series, same thing with the giants too. You know, the giants 2010, 12 and 14, you know, they yeah. won too, you know, like the Bay was hot. The mm-hmm. Bay was popping. There was a lot of championships that came to the Bay when I was coming up in the industry, in the TV industry. So I was same thing with the 49ers, 49ers, you know, when cap was, when cap was coming up, I was coming up too. Raiders never really did it. Hopefully they could do something. They left yeah, us, but like, this curse. You no, know, prices are up you know <laughs> money yeah but like but how did you even get the job though that's what i'm how did you fall into the espn I, 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 I didn't i didn't fall into espn i grew up around it you know my pops like i said my pops was an audio guy so i grew mm. up around it and he was slowly pushing me in and that was the thing too you know he wanted me to finish school pops wanted me to finish school and, and get my shit but i'm at laney over here and then i'm working on the side and i'm like yo why am i over here doing all this shit i do this already i know more than my teachers 
you know, and I just started hustling and just kept working and mm-hmm. getting the gigs and doing the shit, you know, and I got my AA and even that too, like that was a struggle to get my AA because the counselors aren't helping me. I don't know what credits I need. I don't know what I need to do. And they're telling me, oh, you need this class and this class. Yo, they're just trying to run you in circles. Mm -hmm. And I finally found this one good counselor. She showed me my shit. But the whole time I was like, I'm working and I'm already doing all this stuff. I don't need this degree, you know, but I got my AA and that's where it stopped. I got my AA, but I was already working, you know, so I, I got my foot in the door because of my pops, but I busted my ass, bro. And I was doing I was doing all, I think about the Bay Area. You got Cal, you got Stanford, you yeah. got the San Jose Sharks, you got the A's, you got the Giants, you have the Warriors, you have, uh, I mean, you have, what else? I mean, you have St. Mary's. There's so many games that are being broadcast. Stanford. I said, yeah. You said Stanford, okay. Yeah, Cal, Stanford. Yeah, you know, like there's so many different games that are being broadcasted all the time, mm-hmm. you know, so I had a lot of work, so I was just grinding. I just busted my ass. Did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it, bro. I loved it. I loved it, but at the same time, I'm a star, bro. Like, and that's why. So you felt like you, I mean, you loved it, but you felt deep down inside, you felt like this is not my passion. This is not the end of me. No, no it wasn't even that. I loved it, but I should be on stage. You should I be in front be, of the camera. I shouldn't be. Yeah, I should be in front of the camera. I shouldn't be here for 14 hours. I'm the opposite. Okay. I'm, I, a, I'm a behind the camera type of nigga. You're in front of the camera too, nigga. Stop. Yeah, stop. Be sexy too. Stop. Look, you see, I, I'm opposite. I'm behind the camera. Stop it. Look, come on. Look, come on. Stop. I'm a Dame Dash type of nigga. I want to be behind the no, scenes. No, don't say Dame. No, Dame. Dame. <laughs> you're going to say Dame Dash for behind the scenes? Dame Dash is not behind the scenes. <laughs> well, his brother, Biggs Burke. I'm a Biggs Burke type you of dude. Me if you want. Yo, but. I just, it's a lot of, bro, it's a lot of work, dog. Like, mm. I'm doing 12, 14 hour days grinding Mm. busting my ass and a lot of these people and that's the thing about it it too it's like any job you got people that are gonna work and then you got people that are just gonna stand around and Mm. i'm the motherfucker that's gonna do the work and i'm talk shit you know you see me i'm gonna call i'm gonna call prices are going up i mean i wasn't saying that but i'm like come on let's go what are you doing you know let's do let's get to work you know there's so many people that just float by in life it doesn't matter what job it is there's so many people that just go and float by and don't do what they need to do don't pull their own weight and there's those and there's those people that get make it happen and um i mean working at that job i'm pretty sure you met a lot of uh influential people influential athletes is there any no but that's the anything thing. that like rubbed you the wrong way no but that's the thing bro and I know you're trying to keep it moving, but hold on. Let me, let me get this out. Cause like doing that and working in that environment, it was awesome. You know, like I'm, I'm on the field. I'm on the field at Stanford. I'm at the Pac 12 championship. I'm in the locker room popping bottles. I'm at the Super Bowl. I'm at the World Series. I'm in the dugout. You know, I'm around all of these amazing things and places that people can't go. Mm-hmm. I have all access pass, you know, but it's like, at the end of the day, when I get my check, yeah, it was cool money. It was good money, but it was a lot of work. And there was a lot more money to be made. Yeah. And then I did pyro. You didn't even know about Europe, bro. You don't know about Europe. You don't know about One Direction. You don't know about Justin Bieber. Like, I was a pyrotechnic, bro. I blew shit up, too. Damn. Like, I did a lot of shit being a stagehand. Do, like, that's what I'm saying, doing the grunt work. You know, like, there's so many people that are needed to make these shows happen. Mm-hmm. And 
I did a lot of that. I did a lot of that shit. I was in Europe with One Direction doing stadium tours. I went to I went to Oslo. I went to to um you know to Amsterdam. I went to to O2 Arena in London. I went to um I mean we could pull up the One Direction tour list. I mean I went all over Europe. I was in Japan with Bieber. I was in um I I was all over with them. You know and it's just like. And I'm sitting backstage and I'm hearing all these people screaming for these guys. And I feel like they should be screaming for me and they don't even know that I'm here. Mm. That's that's when I'm like, yo, what am I doing? And it's happened many times. So that, I, that was a turning point? No, it wasn't even a turning point. It was just something that I felt in my heart. The mm. turning point was popping bottles in the locker room with the Raptors when the chick's interviewing me talking about how does it feel to be a champion? She thought I was one of the players. And I said, I'm not even a champion. I just set up. I told him, I said, I set uh, up. Shit. I set up. I make it happen. I was in there popping bottles. You was in the lo- Raptors locker room popping bottles with the Raptors. I was, I was passing them bottles out. After, they, after the Warriors lost, Steph was supposed to hit that three. Steph was supposed to hit that three. It was supposed uh, to go to game supposed seven. To shit. Supposed okay. to go to game seven. If we, if we look at the highlights... Steph was supposed to hit that three. He was supposed to go to game seven because the war, if you look at the- This champ- is sports. Like, it, it, everything happens that's supposed to happen. So they were supposed to lose. <laughs> they were going to lose. They were going to lose game seven, but they weren't supposed to lose game six. And yeah, oh, he said, this is sports. No, <laughs> it's sports entertainment. It's just like WWF at this point. It's sports entertainment. Oh, yeah, now it is, yeah. It, it, it's all, it, it's rigged and it's the money. And- I know because I have bottles from Cleveland. I have bottles from when the Warriors won. It's oh, Moet. Shout out Moet. Mm. R.I.P. Virgil. Yes. <laughs> you Let's know, that sponsor, Moet, Moet always sponsors, always sponsors the bottle popping celebration. There's a picture of me in a, a bathtub of Magnum Moet bottles. Mm. When the Raptors won, guess what the bottles were that they were drinking? A Moet? No. It was a twenty dollar bottle. I think it's like Cuvee Nine something. It's it's a twenty dollar bottle of champagne. Why was that? Because they weren't supposed to win that night. Steph was supposed to hit that three. Oh, so you're saying that they didn't prepare for? I know, I understand what you're saying. No, they prepared and they had some champagne. But Moet sponsors the bottle popping celebration all the time. Mm. And Steph was supposed to hit that three. Now I'm getting Kanye. Right now I'm getting Kanye. We might get, you know, we might get some. Cheers to that. No, no, no. Finish what the fuck you were saying. No, I'm going to finish because, you know, shout out to Draymond. Draymond, True Media, get me on the podcast right now. True Media, prices are up. You see me. I was with you. Let's go. They they were supposed to hit that three. It was supposed to go to game seven. Toronto was going to win anyway. The Warriors should have won. Katie was hurt. Clay was hurt. Everybody was out. It was a lot of drama. But the NBA realized, yo, we have a whole nation. We have a whole country that's going to buy our merchandise and rock with this championship. Because mm. you've seen what they were popping when they were at the celebration, when they at the um, when they at the parade. I didn't see. It. I didn't they were popping the Moet. The Raptors. Yeah, Kawhi. Kawhi was spraying Moet. They got it then, but in the locker room, they just had some cases of some cheap ass twenty dollars champagne. The niggas couldn't even get it open. They were just in the locker room chilling. <laughs> They were in the locker room chilling, and I walked in there, and I was mad. And I was mad because I wanted to go back to Toronto because mm. there was some – because Toronto's a vibe. That's what I heard. The six is a vibe. There's some baddies. It's a fucking vibe. I wanted to go back. I had some I had some things lined up. I wanted to go back and get some more money, and I was mad that we lost. And I was mad we lost. Mm-hmm. 
but I wanted my trophy. I just busted my ass and put in hella work. I need my trophy. Mm. So I went back in that locker room and the video, you see it? Where's the trophy at? I need my trophy. What are y'all doing? We just won. Let's pop some bottles. This is what we do. And I, and I got it popping and I turned it up and I kept it lit. But that was not my lane. I was just the, and that was my thing too. I was branded. I had the vest on. If I took that vest off, I would have been cool. Mm. But I had that ESPN vest on, and I was doing all that, and Disney had just acquired it. So then, and then there's a bunch of videos that went viral with me turning up and getting it popping. And did you get fired for that? I got. I didn't get. I got disengaged. The fuck does that mean? That's what you do to a clutch. You disengage a clutch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they just stopped uh, like calling you for gigs or something. No, I, I, I got blackballed, bro. I got disengaged. I wasn't. Like, yeah, nah. I, I, I got fired. I got worse than fired. I got put on the do not hire. So do not hire list. Damn. You know, because I did that. And then it, it had a snowball effect. And even in the Bay, even my union in the Bay, mm-hmm. these, motherfuck- these motherfuckers is calling me up. Well, we need to talk about what happened. And in the, it's like, no, we don't. Motherfucker. I was working for ESPN. I wasn't, I'm not, that has nothing to do with you guys. Why are you guys calling me? You're supposed to be my union reps. You're supposed to have my back. They're calling me, trying to reprimand me about what happened there. You don't mm. think I know that I fucked up? You don't think I know I lost my career? I was going direct. You know, it's just, but disengaged. That just shows you cogs in the system. Have you tried to enter that uh, that work arena? Again, yeah. Again, yes. Yeah, I did. I did, actually. What happened? Prices went up even more. I was pissed. I went down to LA for XFL. You know XFL? Yeah. They were doing the XFL. And I went down there and my guy that I did Monday Night Football with was like, yo, Max, I wanted to bring you on. I need you. He got me back. And I, I flew down to LA and we did the game. And they were stretched. They were stretched past their capacity and they didn't realize it because they got all this access. XFL is supposed to be deeper than NFL. You know, we got locker room access, we got all this stuff and I'm doing above and beyond my job. They had interviews at halftime. I'm running around in the locker room, get making sure the interviews happen. They didn't have enough people to do the job, but I made it happen. Mm-hmm. And then there was a stupid little bitch who all she needed to do was hold the light. Couldn't even do that. And I told her and I helped her and she forgot the battery for the light right before the game was going to start. So I got on the golf cart. We go get our battery. We come back. And I told her like five times, don't stand on my cameraman's blind side. He likes to run around and run crazy. Just don't be on his blind side. You'll get hurt. Mm-hmm. Because in XFL, you're on the field with the camera and you're watching. And, and you know, he a lot of access. You know, what does she do when the interview ha- happens right before the game? I don't stand in the blind side. Stands on his blind side. And, then what, and I touched her on the arm. I said, hey, and they're doing an interview. I think Molly McGrath was doing the interview with one of the coaches or players right before the game was about to start. And I tapped her on the shoulder. I said, hey, you got to move. And she was like, oh, did a, did a whole flop. She did a, Le- she did a LeBron flop and freaked <laughs> out. And I'm like, what is wrong with this bitch? And I didn't pay it no mind because I'm, you know, I'm in the zone. I'm working. Mm-hmm. Half, I get some texts. I get some stuff. I'm running around working. I'm in the locker room. You know, she's, I'm like, yo, we don't need her. We don't, it was daytime. We didn't need her anyway. Then they come back. Oh, he cursed me. He pushed me. He did all this shit. She tried to pull that Mr. Me Too, whatever. Mr. What is it? What's the movement? Me Too movement. Yeah. She tried to pull that. He pushed me and cursed at me. 
watch the cameras. It's during an interview. I tapped you on the shoulder and I said, watch out. And she freaked out just mm-hmm. to try to up herself. And these motherfuckers that I worked with for hella long. They automatically believed what she was saying. <laughs> motherfuckers got, the dicks got hard because she's a cute little LA bitch, you know, and they fucking, and they want to run it up and be like, Max, oh, well, I don't know what to do. It's like, really? You've known me for years. You've worked with me on multiple big stages. You know, that's not my character. You know, it's what I, what, not what I do. Mm. And you guys aren't going to have my back. And this is my first time back. And this is my first time back after being blackballed. And I got, got a chance. And yeah. that's, that was, that was the moment where I was like, yo, fuck this. I mean, it was on camera. So, I mean, what, you got the proof. So, what, what's the big deal? It don't matter. It don't matter if it's on camera and you got proof. It don't matter because, yeah, because it's bullshit. Because it's bullshit. Because they ain't going to look at the cameras. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. You know, they're going to, you know, and, and then also they fucked up because I wasn't supposed to be there. I was on a do not hire list and I was there. Mm. So they fucked up by hiring me too. So then they, so that's why it was an extra spin too to catch their back. Like, oh yeah, he is crazy. He is this. He had this incident happen. Yeah, we, you know, that's why they did that to cover their self. Mm. Because because they ain't got my back, even though I made the show happen. Like you know, and then I'm doing shit to make this shit happen. But then they're saying, oh, he shouldn't be here because he's you know because they fucked up. That's what I'm saying. The politics and all this shit, bro. It's still go like you said. It's funny how you asked me about high school. Nigga, even in the real world, everybody still act like it's high school. Yeah. So when did it? Uh, when did you start making music? When did that happen? I've been making music. I was making music as a kid, but but know, when it when it uh, it got serious. So yeah, yeah, when did you start? I getting serious. When it? I was younger, I used to be freestyling, and I'd be like, the niggas be in the studio, and I'd be like, oh, fuck that, I'm getting money, I ain't got time for that. But then when COVID, like COVID hit, that's where it got really, really serious. Mm-hmm. It got really serious. I was making music back when I came out here. I had niggas at the crib and I had a Mac, bro. I was recording on my Mac on GarageBand. And motherfuckers would hit me up, R.I.P. Deli, Filthy Rich's cousin, R.I.P. Deli. You know, they'd be like, Max, bring the studio. And I would pull up with my laptop and we would put a do-rag over the fucking Mac microphone and I would record on GarageBand. Mm. You feel me? And I'm like, bro, you know, and niggas like, Max, bring the lab. We need you. You know, it's like, bro, this isn't it. But I got really good at mixing and doing all that shit. But then fast forward, then I had to stop because it's like, bro, I ain't got time to be doing all that shit. You know, like motherfuckers, whatever. COVID hit. I got fired from ESPN. I went to Korea. I got a blessing and I did camera in Korea, tennis, loved it. Came back wearing a mask when I came back. Six mm-hmm. months later, COVID hit. Shit shut down. I was already ahead of the game, trapping it out. And I was like, yo, I need to do this music. I need to do this music. I bought a hotel. I got I, I got a hotel at Executive Suites. Executive Suites over there by the water, and oh, you know, by the Motel 6 on Embarcadero. And I was trying to fucking make this, the songs. But I couldn't. I, was just, I, I couldn't do it. And then my boys at Bartbridge, the hat company, shout out Bartbridge. My boy Luke was like, yo. I know this guy packs. He's an amazing engineer. What, what are you doing renting a hotel? You could get studio time and he can do it. And I went there and that was it, bro. And I got in that studio at Nexus and I started working on the album and it was COVID-1942. That's what I was going to make the album, COVID-1942. Because mm. I love drinking tequila. Before niggas were drinking 1942. Yeah. And then... I was like, yeah, we're sick of COVID. Prices are up. And that's when that happened. So all the COVID, I was just in the studio running it up, working. It's working. What was uh, the name of your first project? The first project that I dropped was um, 
fresh off the Mac. Fresh off the Mac, that was back in the day at Laney. I have, mm. Then I had Smoke in Section. Actually, no. I had Fresh off the Mac. Then I had uh, Hits with Carpe. I got, yo, if you do the research, I got a lot of shit on the internet. I got a lot of old music, bro. I have probably yeah. like 500 songs. I had fucking... Is it 500? Yeah, about 500 songs. 500 songs. They might not all be up yeah. anymore, but like I could pull up 500 songs. So I had Fresh off the Mac, which was my shit that I did on the Garage Band. Mm. And I was literally selling CDs at Laney freestyling selling dollar cds and weed then i did hits with uh f carpe shout out fantastical carpe then i did short butt shit with my boy farty hertz then i did smoking section with my boy isaac r.i.p isaac he that's just crazy isaac died running across 880 got hit by a prius on some weird shit that's like prius yeah smoking section was a was dope and then after that like that kind of sucked my energy though too i had to take a break mm and then now I got prices going up. That's the album prices. Like the, the, and prices going up is the most official album because that's on all platforms. That's the production. Like that's the realest one. Well, let's talk about, uh, the process of making prices going up. Like tell oh. me, tell me, tell me what your mindset was when Ooh. you were making this album. Man, that's a great question. <laughs> but it's in, it's already, it's already written. The prices were up. My mindset on that was like, the world's going to end. My mindset was that was COVID. We were wilding out. I wasn't scared. You feel me? I had been out. I had the cure for COVID. You know, a line in, in line in a shot of class, A, you know, fuck with me. Prices are up. It's expensive. But mm-hmm. it was an outlet. And my mindset was just trying to make it. And like, yo, it felt like when we were making that shit, it was going really, oh, that shit was fire. Like we were onto something. But then I just got too under the influence over the influence i got too wrapped up in my ego i got too wrapped up in myself and i started doubting everybody i started fighting everybody i started self-sabotaging i thought everybody was against me you know i started and the and the climate too the world everybody was so scared there was so much fear in the world there was so much doubt there's so much hate you know and i was and, and i'm a, i'm an empath bro i feel all that and i absorbed a lot of that shit and i was onto something and the destruction was trying to keep me off my path and the people that I needed and that loved me and that were rocking, I was doubting and, and I pushed them away and I freaked, I freaked out, bro. I mean, you remember that, that Dave Chappelle skit where he's Diddy? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you need another mimosa. <laughs> Mimosas. Mimosas. Where he's, where he's doing the like the Megan, the band shit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm shutting down the studio, yo. Mm-hmm. That was me. That was me. You're kicked out of the studio. I kicked the engineer out. I kicked Pax out of the studio one night. I was so crazy and wilding out on my ego and off classing and cocaine. You know, it was too much. Mm. It was too much. I was wiling out. Mm. I lost my sense of myself and I, and I was onto something so powerful that I thought I self-destructed it. I literally self-destructed it. But we're still here. And the world isn't over. Here, you need some more champagne. That's, yeah, see, that's not a perfect mimosa. We got Tropicana. No, I need that mimosa maker. We got to get this out soon. The mimosa maker. So, <laughs> this nigga. No, this. No, so, this. when you were making. Hold on, the, hold on, hold on. So, look. So, the process, bro. The process was beautiful, though. Pax taught me so much. Like, and who, really, who was Pax? Pax. For the people that don't know. Paxton. Paxton. Chris Paxton. Nexus Audio, amazing, 
amazing artist. He's a drummer. He's a, a musician. He's a producer. He's, I mean, he's like, I, that's my Yoda. You know, he taught me so much about making music because motherfuckers think that they can make music. You know, you got all these producers, people make beats, but they don't know the nuances and the ins and outs. You know, people can make beats, but then when you got a beat, people don't understand the frequencies and the science that goes behind it. You have a beat, okay, but then you got a voice. I got a deep voice. The bass is deep. Those frequencies are going to cancel each other out. They're going out of phase. So right now, yeah, the shit slaps, but then when I put my voice on it, it's going to change it up. It's a whole arrangement and it's a whole intricate puzzle of making a song that goes into it, finding these pockets, finding these spaces, making a hit takes a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of repetition and a lot of over and over and over and over again, listening to it, going through the motions and really fine tuning it, Mm. you know? And like, and he taught me that and we spent that time. We spent that time and really dug really deep into the music, you know, but then like also in my state of mind, in my mind frame, when I'm all lit up, I threw it off. Because mm-hmm. now I'm digging too deep, you know, and, I, and I'm outside of myself and the shit sounds fire, but then I'm doubting myself. So he basically taught you how to put a, 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 a song together. No, he, I, I knew how to put a song together. He taught me about the science of making music and the tricks of the trade and the little things that people don't know about, you know, and really making something sound immaculate you know because mm. like when you hear my shit like when you hear the album and you listen to the album the quality the quality of the album is phenomenal mm-hmm. hey speaking speaking of the price hey we're doing the podcast right now i'll call you back yeah prices are up i'll holler back you know like shit's for you know like it's it's immaculate you mm. know and it's like in and and it's tough though, but it's tough to to be a creator too, because sometimes you get too close. Like Kanye, like I see, like I understand why Kanye lost his mind. He's got, he's got so many, he's got so much shit out. He's got so many people talking about him. He's got so much shit, whatever. But like when he's sitting in, like I was Kanye on a smaller scale. How sway? How you know? Like you know when he was talking with well, do you sway? think he really lost his mind, or do you think that's just an act? He really lost his mind and now it's act, but he really lost his mind. Mm. But being a perfectionist and sitting in there and listening to it, like he rented out the whole, you know, Mercedes Benz. Yeah, the arena. The Mercedes Benz stadium to listen to his album, to fine tune it. I was sleeping in a locker room. You know, like that's how I was. I think that's just for show though. No, no, it wasn't. He really was, he's a master of his craft and he's a perfectionist. Because I'm the same way. I want to fine-tune and find everything. Yes, that's true. But do you need to rent out the whole stadium to do that? No. That's when the sh- that's when the show comes. I mean... It's all for show. Well, he could do that. I mean, he could do that. And I did that in Oakland and in Nexus. I rented out Nexus, and I was in there and losing my mind and fine-tuning it, and it was fine. I didn't need to fine-tune it and do all that and spend all that time doing it. Mm-hmm. But when you're a master of your craft... You're going to take that time and you're going to do that. And it's it's just, it'll drive you crazy. You know, it'll drive you crazy because you can only hear that shit. Most people hear a song and they won't even notice the little things and the, the stuff that I did and took days to fine tune, you know, but that's just part of the insanity of being 
a genius. Prices going up. Would you say that was your your most um, difficult project to to make? No, no, it wasn't my most difficult. It was that was that wasn't my most difficult. It was just it, prices was it was what it was. The price was the price, and mm. I learned a lot, and, and and helped me. It helped me grow and. It helped me grow. I mean, that's the that's the first album out. Like I said, I mean, I don't, I don't know yet. Maybe yeah, probably. Like when when we look back, when we look back on it, yeah, it was. It's definitely going to be the most difficult project because it's still not even out there like that. Like people don't know. Mm-hmm. So yes, it is the most difficult project because I I I fucked off my price. you know i gave away my price because i lost my mind yes it it, it was it was very difficult it was very difficult because i was taking care of a lot of people i was doing a lot of other stuff too i mean like suge said you know oh you want to be diddy you want to be all in the videos all in the shows well yeah it's not easy to be all in the videos and all in the shows it's hard to do everything you Mm. can't do everything and i was fucking doing everything paying for the shit, putting people on time, getting people on there, you know, like everything. I was doing everything except making the beats. I was helping people write their shit. I was helping people with the music. You know, I was doing everything. And it was, and it was so, it was so frustrating because nobody saw my vision, you know, I mean, and they did, but they thought it was just a joke. You know, they thought it was just having fun and we're drinking mimosas and we're drinking classy in the studio, you know, like, as we say about mimosas, mimosas in the morning. Well, people are not going to believe in, you can't expect people to believe in your dream and your journey more than than you. Like I have, like when you have a podcast or business or, or, or music or anything, and when you're starting it, people are not going to be like, oh, just expect people to fail you. That's that's my advice. Expect to have expect 100%. to be because no one is going to be more passionate. I can't expect this. The, I can't expect my friend to have the same amount of passion when it's not even their dream. It's my dream, so I can't expect this nigga no, that, to, to go hard as me. Thing, and that's the thing. It was not just my dream. It was all. I mean, when we're musician, musician. When you're a musician and mm. when we're creating together and we have the same dream and we have the same passion mm. like this, this is different because this is your show. And I'm so thankful that you brought me here because mm. you got the shit right. You got it going. This is fire. Appreciate that. No, nah, you got it right. You got it right. But when we're sitting in the trenches, making music up all night, freestyling, rapping, working on beats for hours and hours and then and we know each other in and out and you and we know what we want to do and we're talking about the plan, we're talking about what we want to do. No, I do expect them to know because they know because it's a collective. You know, it's not just you trying to do your show. This is us coming together and making music cuz I can't rap without a beat. Yeah. I can't rap without a beat. I can't you know, I can't do a song by myself. You know, motherfuckers is coming up with hooks. Motherfuckers is coming up with vibes. You know, they're coming up with shit too. It's not just all me. It's a, it's a collaboration. So they know the dream. It's 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 a 
you know, it's a, it's a, it's a live, it's a multi dream. It's not just mine. And that's what I always said too. You know, I, I couldn't do it by myself. I, mm-hmm. I'm not selfish. It's not just me. They knew, but I fuck, but that's, I fucked it off because how I treated them, how I treated people, you know, I, and I, and I destroyed and I destroyed a lot of the love and a lot of the creation and I made it feel like a job and I became ESPN and I became Disney and I became that master saying, we got to do this. You got to do this. You know, I ruined it. We're running out of time. How are we on time? What time is it? Don't worry about the time. It's mimosa time. (laughs) <laughs> there is no time limit here i ruined it i ruined the creation through my self-doubt you know and that's and that's one of our, and, and that's one of our biggest that's, so I, you burned some bridges no no i didn't burn the bridges the bridges no i could still cross anytime i want mm. but they let me down too we all burned bridges because everybody was you know everybody was lost and I definitely put a lot of gas on the on the on the bridges and, and set flames to them, you know. And it was mm. my fault too because I was enabling, I was letting it happen. I was giving, you know. I made, I I created this environment, you know. And everybody got so comfortable; they just got too comfortable, and they thought it was better than it was, you know. And I'm trying to, you know, they say fake it till you make it. I wasn't faking it, but I was trying to fucking keep the energy up. But in reality, all the things that I was doing to keep the energy up was bringing us down. And it wasn't what we needed. Mm. And I was losing myself. I couldn't, I, I, I lost myself. I couldn't be a good leader. Can you define your sound? You can't define my sound. Trying to define my sound is like trying to define somebody who's, who's a, a transsexual woman as a man. You know, that's something, and, and that's not me. And I know that's going to hit some, some, some notes, but like, that's something that people can't explain because it's everything, you know? And, and that's another thing too, like that, that culture right now too, like that culture is getting out of control. Just be real. Just be who you are. <laughs> Just be real and be who you are. You what know, culture, I'm not trying to Dave Chappelle, I'm not trying to Dave Chappelle it. The Bay Area is getting really crazy right now with the LBGTQ prices going up. Yo, speak on it, nigga said. It's getting crazy. I got a lot of flack right now and I got a lot of niggas that'll stand behind me and know that I rock for that community. But like when, when motherfuckers is trying to double talk on a nigga's dick, like, uh-uh, we're not in high school, baby. We know what we're talking about. Don't act like an owl. Don't who and act like you don't know. If you got a dick, you got a dick. You a sexy ass bitch, but you still got a dick. Like, it's okay. You know, mm. but that's hard for people to be who they are. It's, it's hard to call people out. And I call motherfuckers out. Mm-hmm. And there's been a few times where I call people out and they get uncomfortable and I make it really weird. And I'm not even trying to. I'm just confused too. Cause like, yo, you're fucking, you're bad as fuck. Like, maybe you could have sucked my dick. But like now I'm confused and now you fucked it all off because you're getting mad and you're trying to make me the bad guy. When I was just trying to figure, I had a simple question. <laughs> I had a simple question. You got a dick or not? Nigga, all I asked you to define your sound. And that's what I'm saying. And that's why I brought it to there. No, and that's why I brought it. You can't define my sound because that's the thing. And that's the, and that's the conundrum of the whole thing. And that has nothing to do with my sexuality or who I am. It has mm. to do with the fucking madness of music. I am so versatile. And like I said earlier, I'm a chameleon. Mm-hmm. I don't have a sound because I, what I say is, let me your ear take a bite like I'm Tyson. Let me your mouth vacuum me like a Dyson. And then I come in, I pop a bottle. She was juicy. I called her Poppy. 
she was juicy. And then I come in, these are my office hours. And then I come in talking about what else? I mean, there's so much music. What else do I got? Hold on. Let me think of some more. Um, and then I come in talking about, I remember I was younger back in the day. You know, it's like I could go all over the place. You know, you can't confine yourself to one box or one check or one category. You know, that's the beauty of life. You know, we evolve and we grow and there is not just one way to do anything. Do you think drugs, do you think drugs enhances your creativity? At this point, no. No. I think that, I think at this point, the drugs, the drugs, have been destroying me. The drugs have been taking me away from myself, taking me away from my self-confidence, mm. taking me away from who I am, making me feel weak, making me feel scared, you know, making me feel nervous, you know, worries. The, nowadays, the drugs, the drugs ruin my aura. The drugs throw my chakras off, mm. you know, something like, and it's a fine, it's a fine balance though too because when you're in a creative state, sometimes a little bit of this and a little bit of that will help boost but too much of anything, you know what I mean? I've been doing this shit for a long time. This shit is fucking rot in my brain. I don't even know it's real or not anymore. That's the, that was the problem with the music, the drugs, too much drugs. I mean, everybody. What did Rick James say? Nah, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't just rub my feet on that nigga's couch. Yeah, I rub my feet. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, you know? Like, it's, then why continue? You have an addictive personality? I don't know. I, I really you don't. Know. You saw how no no. You saw how long I thought about it. I know I should stop, and that's the hardest thing. No, but you know. I don't know because I can't you just stop. Do. I can't stop. You can't stop, but you choose not to stop. And you choose not to stop for a reason. So what's the reason? You know. Everyone knows the actions they take and the reasons why they fucking take those actions. I think that addiction is an entity. And we're not even, I'm not even saying you're addicted. No, I am. Just no, 100%. Ad- addiction is. You're ad- saying you're addicted? I'm addicted. I'm addicted to you. What song is that? Yeah. I'm a, <laughs> yeah. No, for real. Like, no. I, yeah. My, 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 my whole brain chemistry, my whole, my whole mind, my whole, my brain has been so thwarted and, and so twisted by so many things and there's so many outside influences and I think mental health and I think addiction is not just a chemistry thing. I think it's also a spiritual thing. Mm. And I think addiction is, excuse me. I think addiction is an entity and I've seen him. I've seen that motherfucker in the corner. You know, it doesn't matter what you're addicted to. People could be addicted to fucking eating. People could be addicted to porn. People could be addicted to working. People could be addicted to drugs. People could be addicted to going fast. People could be addicted to clothes. People could be addicted to Amazon. Like, yo. Well, a lot of people think addiction, they define addiction wrongly. I mean, when I say addict, addict, you're addicted to it. I'm saying, are you telling me that you can't just sit there and be like, yo, I need to have this. <clears throat> I'm There's a difference between needing and wanting. And wanting. Like, oh, I want to do some drugs, well, but oh, I need to do this drug to just well, to mean, get by. I mean, I'm different, though, too. I'm different because I am the plug, so I don't have to make that call. I don't have to do all this. I don't have to search. It's there. It's already there. Yeah. So when it's always around you, there's a power in that, too. I don't yeah. need. I don't need to do it, but I can. 
mm-hmm. and I will. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I'm saying. There's a power in that. There's a power in that that's not seen. There's a power in addiction that is not seen, and people don't understand that. And that's why I say we, you, like you're saying, you have the choice. You control your actions. You do this. No. Sometimes we get outside of ourselves and we don't make the decisions. And there's other things that are pulling us like puppets and have control of us when we are not in control of ourselves, when we're at a low point, when we're depressed, when we're not this, when we're not that. There's other things that are guiding us to what we do. And it's not fate. It's mm-hmm. just energies. You ever felt so fucking suffocated and depressed that you can't move or get out of bed? Because there's energies that are on top of you and holding you down and not letting you go. And that's the thing, like you said, like, do you think you can stop? I know I should stop. I know I'm a better person when I'm not on drugs. I know I'm a better person when I'm not high. I know that I think clearer. I know that I'm more productive. Mm-hmm. So why do I still do it? It's a test. It's a test and it's discipline and it's, and that's the thing too. And it, it and it's a do test. You, do you still do it because you like the way you are when you're high? No, no, not at all. I don't mm-hmm. like how I am when I'm Because a lot of people like when they drank, for example, they get drunk or when they smoke weed, they like the way they are because, well, maybe I'm a shy person, but then when I get drunk, I talk to more girls. Yeah, that's fucking. You know what fucking, I'm saying? That type of shit. Well, they're, they're, they're not happy with their, that's that high their school true shit. self. That's that high school shit. And that's not me. And no disrespect to what you're saying. That's that high school shit. And that's, that's not me. I, I know my true self and I'm trying to get back to my true self, but I can't because the drugs and the drink and all this stuff is still, it, it's pulling me that way. And I know that I don't like who I am when I get too high, but I get there. Mm. I don't like who I am when I'm tweaked out. I leave. I got to dismiss myself, you know, and that's why I'm, you know, it's like, and that's why I've been ghosted. That's why it took so long for me, for us to come and do this. Because I was not in the right place. I wasn't comfortable with who I was. I don't want to put myself on camera. I don't want to put myself out there looking like that because that's not me. Mm. You know, and no, the drugs do not enhance me anymore. It, back when I was a kid, I used to think that. But I mean, I'm 32 now. I've been doing this shit for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I've been doing this shit for a long time. It's like, you know, it's like, and but that's also the mind game of of any substance of anything of the discipline. It's a chess game. Yeah, we know what it does. You know, yeah. Oh yeah, you want to do another line? Yeah. Do you need that? Do you have that control? Can you say no? And when you do say no, and that power that that has too, it's a fucking it's a chess game. Mm-hmm. What move are you gonna make? You know, because you know what something's gonna do, but then and then you get around other people, and that's the thing too. And then other people yeah. come around, and then all of a sudden you weren't gonna drink tonight, but then all of a sudden little mama comes in and she's got a bottle, and you're like, "Fuck it, I'll have a drink." And the next thing you know, you went exactly where you didn't want to be. Exactly. You know, those energies, those energies are pulling it like puppet strings. Like if I do, if I'm saying I don't want to drink, I'm not gonna put myself in an environment where I want to drink because I know myself yeah. I'm gonna fucking drink. And when I drink, I drink for the purpose of getting drunk. Like I'm not just gonna fucking drink and just have a a, a, a one shot glass. Yeah, glass like what's of wine. what's the point of what's the point of that? If I'm well, drinking, there's is there the the whole point. Why why put these poisons in your body just to just to do it? No, I have to have a purpose of well, doing it. Well, and then well, then that's the thing too. There's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine sometimes. And like you said, poisons, and that's what you said, poisons too. Because yeah, I mean, a, a lot of this does fuck up your body. Because a lot of this shit is poison. All of it is poison. The alcohol is poison. 
the alcohol is a lot of poison. It's so funny how it's so marketed and there's so much alcohol is one of the worst. Yes. Same thing with these fucking pills. All these fucking pills, all these prescriptions, all that shit, it's fucking destroying us, but it's marketed like that. But mm-hmm. you have a glass of wine, there's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine at dinner. So there is some positive effects of that. There's nothing wrong with smoking a little weed, CBD, you know, there's certain things, mushrooms too. Taking some mushrooms, microdosing mushrooms is will really retune your brain and can get you on the right way. It's just how it's marketed, and it's just how we're conditioned to feel about it. Well, there's, they say they're 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 going to decriminalize mushrooms now. It is no, it's already decriminalized in Oakland. Is it? Yeah, Oakland San Francisco is decriminalized in Oregon. In Oregon, everything in Portland, everything is decriminalized. Yeah, I mean, I just came back from that area, and then when and I was driving there, every 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 billboard I saw was like, do you need weed? Do you need weed? Do you need this? Do you, you need, need that? that? Yeah, do you need heroin? Like, do you need fucking, do you want fentanyl? Do you <laughs> All want on mushrooms? the freeway, yeah. nigga, with, with, with big it's ass It's market, boys. that's what I'm saying, bro. It's conditioning. They want us to fuck, they want us to fucking destroy ourselves. We can't, like, the, the human mind and the human power is so much stronger than, than, and that's why it's all, that's why it's so crazy, bro. That's why this shit is like a fucking movie right now because they don't give a fuck. Mm. and people know and it's out there and they want us to and everybody's okay with being fucking subdued and sublime and fucking su- submissive you know and sedated yeah yeah what 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 is your favorite thing to write about when you do music like like i write poetry right and my favorite thing to write about is like sadness dark shit because i feel I feel everyone experiences some type of sadness or heartbreak in their lives, but everyone doesn't experience happiness. Only only a few people experience happiness, but everyone experiences sadness think, and darkness. People don't experience happiness. I don't. Not everyone. Huh, that's interesting. I think I think it's more common for a person to experience heartache and pain than sa- uh, than happiness. I think that is a very interesting perspective and I haven't, I haven't thought, I've never thought about that. And I don't think people really have the right gauge or the spectrum to even understand that. I think there's a lot of people that are up here that get frustrated and get upset because they didn't get what they want and they feel heartbreak. But like, it's like, bitch, you still have everything and you don't appreciate what you have. Not, uh-huh. not even saying you, you don't appreciate what you have. And this is nothing, but they take it so to heart. I think people are just out of phase with what they have and the appreciation just to breathe, just to see, just to walk, just to live is enough. And that is happiness to have all of our extremities and to not have to be in a wheelchair, to not have to be blind, whatever. You know, there's so many things that we have that we don't appreciate. I think everybody experiences happiness, but they don't realize it because they're so caught up in wanting more. I think yeah, exactly. that, but they're, but they're not, they're not waking up saying, oh, I have, I was born with both my eyes, clear vision, 10 toes, 10 fingers, feet, all that shit. They're not talking, they're I know they're, they're not. They're not, they're not thinking that brings them happiness. They're you know not, what I'm and I'm not, and I didn't answer your question, but I think, and I think, but I think that was a good answer, and that was something Kanye would say. <laughs> I didn't answer your question, but that you was a good answer. No, you didn't answer my question. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I'll say, I like what, what, what do you like, like to write, to write about? about? 
you know, I like to ride. I just, I just yeah. You just like party, like you write like party songs, or you do you get deep when like no, you? I mean, you gotta listen to my shit, bro. I, like, I write about a lot of shit, and everything that I write is is, is an extension to myself. Mm. You know, somebody the other day when I was in Vegas, this dude was talking about um, Michael Jackson, and he was like, "You like Michael Jackson?" And then started talking about the kids, greatest performer in the world. Yeah, you know, and it's like you got, and it's like, how do you separate it? And it's like, as an artist, you can't separate an artist from their art because the art is who they are. So I write about myself. I write about what I think, what I do. A lot of my shit that I write is about me. You know, I, I'm attacking myself. I'm talking to myself. It's my therapy. Mm-hmm. For me, writing my music and my flows and my rap is a therapy for myself to get that release out and to, and to put it in another form and to take that darkness, just like on some Dr. Strange shit. I take, just like you said, I like to write about my pain. I like to write about my loss. I like to write about that. And I take that pain and that darkness and I use it to elevate me mm-hmm. and I make it into something beautiful. Like Pac said, the rose grew from the concrete. You know, I take, I, I take, you know, I take the, the struggle and I take the pain and I take, all of that and I turn it into something beautiful because it can be because it's not because it's not just one-sided can you I don't know if you just said this but you don't you don't <laughs> you don't think you can separate the person from the art like can you yeah can I, you separate R. Kelly's music from his personal actions yeah, that he course, took 100% Michael Jackson can you separate his music from fucking with the little time. boys people, yes you, you, people can and, and and that's funny that you asked that question because that was why I, I preluded to it yeah I mean people do people do you have to because nobody is just one static thing yeah, Michael did whatever he did. Yeah, R. Kelly did whatever he did. But that's not who he is. That's what happened. That's what happened. But and there's no denying the the greatness of the music that he made, correct? Because I'll play R. Kelly in a minute. I, don't I mean, I'm not even really a fan. I'm not really a fan of them niggas like that. But their music is fire. Don't get me wrong. But I'm yes. not really I'm not really a fan. I, I'm not into Michael like that. I'm not into Kells like that. I mean, well, we didn't grow up. I mean, but still, but, but but still, I can't deny, I can't deny the greatness. I mean, look at the numbers, look at the the performances. I mean, the, from the moonwalk, you know, fucking Michael uh, Jackson. They the the two number one people who sold albums in the year twenty twenty two was, I believe, I think Taylor Swift and Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson sold twenty two million records just this year, and it lives on. And that's and that speaks for itself, and that answers the question. You know, that answers the question. People do still separate the music from the person. And you can't hold a person accountable for all their actions because we don't know what they've been through. And Michael, and Michael, like, I mean, we look at Michael, bro, that motherfucker's been through hella shit. He's been a kid. He's been on that center stage for so long. And who knows all the abuse and all the madness is in his mind. And that's the thing, too. It does fuck up The your genius, mind. the genius and the insanity, it's a fine line. And, to create and to have all that power and to do all that shit, it, it puts you in a weird place. And that's why he did whatever he did because he was not himself. He was a god. Michael mm. had the whole world praising him. When you have all that energy and all these people talk, and I mean, I'm on a small scale right now. Like I'm on a small scale just in the town, just in the bay. Mm. And it's hard for me to handle that. And that's why we get into Kanye. Kanye's on a world scale. That's why he fucking does it. It's hard to handle when you hear everybody and you feel everything and people praise you. It's hard to handle all that energy. You, you lose yourself. 
It's like Eminem to you gotta lose yourself in the music. You lose yourself because everybody, people pray, people recite music and songs more than they pray. Uh-huh. People recite lyrics and listen to stuff more than they pray, and it gives and it goes to these people. And if you don't know how to handle that, and you don't know how to take all that energy in, it will make you lose your mind. What do you? What What's your take on him going on his whole apology tour? Like he said, what he said, he was doubling down on it. Then when he started losing, prices are up. Losing, yeah, prices, losing money. Yeah, prices going are on. up. That's his price. He fucked his price up. Do you think he should just be like, stay down to what he's like, what he's saying, or do you think he folded? to the masses uh, no I, I mean he's just trying to figure it out he's just trying to figure it out he's that's the thing too everybody puts these people on a, a pedestal he's just trying to fucking figure it out and he's going on these platforms and that's why he's calling people out because mm. he doesn't know what the fuck's going on and i do that shit too i call niggas out and i'm super wrong and i call shit out and i <laughs> and i'm like yo what y'all need and then motherfuckers is like max what are you talking about and i'm like yo my fault that's mm-hmm. what Kanye was just like, yo, the Jews are trying to get me. Like, yo, and that's why he's coming back and he's looking at it like, yo, my fault. Like, he's just trying to figure it out, but he's mm-hmm. doing it. But it, when you're in that, when you have that much power and you have that many eyes on you, you can't call people out like that. And, and also, but then also he, this is where he fucked up though. He called out a whole group of people. He called out, you know, he called out all the Jewish people instead and of calling these specific. Yeah, and and that's what Kanye normally does. How many in that Sway interview, Mark Parker, da, 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 mm-hmm. Walt Disney? You know, he called he, he be be more specific. He was way too vague, and he attacked a whole, he attacked a whole group of people. Yeah. He, he, if you want to call niggas out, he should have called people out specifically, and that's where he fucked up. And he called out a whole group of people, mm-hmm. and that's where it became genocidal. That's where it became anti-Semitic. You can't be fucking calling out a whole group of people. You got to call out the motherfuckers that you're mad at. And yeah. not everybody. Yeah. But then that's what, that's the whole thing too, is a fine line, you know, cause there's, cause when you get so delusional like that, it is everybody. <laughs> it is all, it is everybody's in everybody. When you get delusional like that, everybody's against you and you can't tell. Well, I believe I, 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 I would give this example. I'm going to, I'm going to use a, a harsh example. Um, warning if you're triggered, but let's say a, a white one. <laughs> Let's say a white woman, right? Karen alert. A white woman is raped by a black a black guy. And then a couple years go by, she's raped again by another black guy. So she's raped twice by a black man. Now, now she feels a way about black men, period. She's scared of black men. So now she has the the thinking of I think all men are fuck all black men specifically are fucking rapists. Rapists. Now that's bad to say, but you take that understanding, you can you can be like, okay, yeah, I f- understand why she would feel that way, so, and she made a generalization of all black men based off those two harsh, crazy, worst thing scenario experiences that she went through. So, now Kanye West saying all Jewish people are this and that, probably right, because so, everyone he dealt with were Jewish that did him wrong, did him and wrong. now he's like. All fuck all Jewish people, right? But let's look at it from another perspective. Okay, you got raped by two black men. Well, are you the victim 
why are you in these scenarios? Why were you raped? What did you do? You know, like, let's look at it from that too. Cause these people want to play the victim. They also set themselves up. There's a lot of people that fucking keep setting themselves up for failure and don't realize it. And then they want to blame everybody else and say, Oh, these niggas did this and these niggas did that. No, bitch, you were at the spot and you did this and you did that. And you weren't even raped. You were just so fucked up that you didn't even realize what happened. And now you want to play victim. You know, it's the same thing. People don't, you know, it, like there's always, multiple sides to a story everybody mm. has a story mm. and everybody has their perspective and that's their reality but like what you're saying you were raped twice by two black men okay you should have learned after the first time and it's not your fault you were raped and you can't even put it on the color of their skin you were raped because you were in situations that you shouldn't have been in you were at a place where you shouldn't have been and you were doing things that you shouldn't have been and it went too far and you fucked up, you know, and people just have to take accountability for what they, what they do and they can't blame. And that's the thing. Everybody wants to fucking point the finger and say, oh, it's their fault. It's their fault. Well, that's why I'm here and prices are up. And I, I've said it so many times, it's my fault. It is my fault because I have manifested and I have thought and I have doubted and I have pushed people off the cliff when they were trying to hold on motherfuckers are trying to hold on and be like max i got you i'm here i'm not trying to hurt you i'm not trying to do this but in the delusions and in the ego nah nigga you are and then it pushes people to the wrong place you know and i know a few women that are like that that have that have been put in those positions and it's like damn that's fucking terrible you know but like they do sometimes they do it to themselves and I'm not, and I'm not trying, and, and I'm not trying to say yeah, get your shit together, nigga. No, 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 my shit's together because I'm not even trying to talk about women that have raped. I'm not trying to say that, but what I'm trying to say is I have done it to myself. I have fucking pushed people away that have loved me. I have pushed people away that were there for me, and I have done it to myself. Mm. And I have manifested my fears. That's what I'm trying to say. Women that were raped, they didn't do it to themselves. That's not what I was saying. What I'm saying is. I have pushed people to that limit and made them do what I didn't want them to do and what I was afraid of because of my fear. It's a fucking, it's a revolving wheel. It's a, it's a weird labyrinth. You know, it's a never ending cycle mm. and it, and it, and, and it's crazy. And that's why we can't doubt ourselves. That's why we can't, we can't doubt ourselves and we can't doubt the people that are around us. And that's why, you know, people say, Oh, it is what you make. It isn't it? But that shit is real. Don't be afraid. Don't doubt yourself and don't have that fear and just be truthful and honest and speak your mind. And if you're wrong, you know, admit your faults and move on. Everybody gets so stuck in the past too, you know, and like you're, and like we're saying, she got right twice. Okay. Well, well, she was scared. She was in the mood or she was, she was scared and she was in a mode. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's hanging out with some black dude who's cool or whatever, and they're vibing. And then she puts all that shit on him and doesn't, and he's not even thinking that, but then all of a sudden she starts accusing him and starts being weird and starts saying, all you are the same. All you niggas do this. All I've been this and this and that. And then all of a sudden that sparks something in his head that wasn't even there because she planted that poison in that seed and then it grows. And that's why it happens. You know, we got to be careful with what we think and what we do because it manifests. Mm. <laughs> that shit was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that was some guy, I said, yeah, for real, we got to be careful with the fear. Yo, it's way easier to manifest fear than it is to manifest what we but what want. What are you scared of? 
what am I scared of? I am afraid of, um, I'm not really afraid of anything. I'm not really afraid of anything, but things that make me uncomfortable, like ants. Like, I don't like ants. I don't like little oh creepy crawly shit. No, for real. Like, I'm really not. I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid of gun. Like, bro, I've been through a lot of shit. I've been through a lot of shit. I'm, I'm afraid of little creepy crawly things. You're afraid of ants. I'm not afraid of them, but when I see them and there, but there's a bunch of them, mm. that shit fucking wigs me out because when I was a kid, a bunch of little spiders like crawled all over my body. Like, when I see a bunch of little things moving, I just get that feeling. Like, I wouldn't really say afraid of. Are you a religious person or a spiritual? Oh my God. So you're spiritual. Exactly. I mean, it, but I mean, what is the difference? I mean, that's like. There's a big difference, man. Yeah, no, religion. No, yeah, I'm not. Religion is way too. Um, religion is way too classified and religion is way too institutionalized. I, religion is the, the Bible. The Bible to me, Christianity to me is just a sense of control in a state of control. And if we look back to the Crusades, if we look back to those times, hell and heaven was just put in place to make people complacent. So no, I, like, I can't fuck with that. But then, you know, if we, if we talk about, you know, if we talk about the Quran, if we talk about, you know, being a Muslim, you know, that's a different, that's a way of living. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that sense is different, but still that's also a sense of control, but that's also a power and a guide, you know, and then if we talk about, um, and then if we talk about the, um, the Torah and we, and we talk about Hebrews and we talk about Jewish people. That is also a guy that's also a way of living, you know, and I don't know enough about that to speak on it, but I do respect how the Jewish people live and their mentality and those vibes. I mean, and then if we talk about Buddhism, I mean, is Buddhism a religion? It's not, but like still all of the things there. And at the end of the day, they all say the same thing. Mm. They all say the same thing. It's just different and a different perspective and a different propaganda and a different story. You know, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm a believer in source. I believe in the source. I believe we're all connected. I believe in energy. You know, I'm more, I'm more scientific. I wouldn't even, and I'm very spiritual, but I'm more scientific. Mm. You know, everything is energy. And, and I'm really deep into my meditations and I've had plenty of outer body experiences, my dreams, you know, I mean, sleep paralysis, um, spirits, you know, like I'm saying, I'm an energy. I'm not, I'm not even spiritual. I'm just an energy guy. Vibes, the vibrations, everything is broken down to vibrations. I'm an energy guy. I'm about the energy. Explain to me this new single that you have out. Mimosas? Yes. Mimosas. As I mean, this is the reason why we were drinking mimosas all night. <laughs> it's the reason why we're sitting mimosas right now. I mean, so explain to me the new single, who produced it. You know what I'm saying? Just give me the backstory on this. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole lot of mimosas. Mimosas is just mimosas is a vibe and I didn't even like mimosas, bro. I'm I I used to love drinking mimosas back in the day. Stop. And then I made the song and it came out. And then all of a sudden I've been drinking mimosas every day since. Cause I got to fucking rep, I got to rep the brand. I got to live, I got to live myself. Yeah. You know, and the production on mimosas is great. Shout out to PAX. You know, we redid it. These niggas were hating on it and we tried to tell them prices were up. They didn't want to work. So we fucking, we retuned it. And the song mimosas took two, mimosas took two years to make. I mean, mimosas, I have, that's why I have multiple mimosas. Because originally the Mosa song was supposed to be like the old school hip hop. You know, it was supposed to be Wu Tang esque. It was supposed to be like Papoose when they did Papoose, Busta, Remy, and all them when they had hella people on the song. But it's like mm. nowadays nobody wants to listen to a five minute song. Mm. I had to split it up. 
How long is the original song? Original song? Original song's like eight minutes. Okay. Original song's eight minutes. And, you know, like, but people don't have the patience for that. That's why I split it up. That's why I did different versions. That's why mm-hmm. I got Moses 5 a.m. with D Dot, you know, and Nasty Seiya, you know, and then I got Mimosa 7 a.m. with Noah Star and with Oso. And then I did another verse. And that's that's the crazy thing is, too, that verse at the beginning, these bitches is dogs. They just want a bone when she at the house and she says she alone. Like, mm-hmm. that's not even, that wasn't even supposed to be my verse. That was supposed to be my boy Deli's verse. But he got killed. Like, R.P. Deli got killed by his cousin in front of his, in front of his house. This nigga was living in his car. And I was trying to get in the studio. I literally sat in the car with him and helped. I literally wrote his verse in my phone, helped him work on the lyrics. I wrote it in my phone. I had three studio sessions. He missed every one of them. I wanted him on the song. Damn. I wanted him on the song, but he couldn't make it. He never showed up. He never made it. It's like, how can I get you up? How can I elevate you mm. if you ain't going to show up? You know? So I put that on there as a tribute to him. And on the original, on the 11 a.m. Mimosas, I was going to have the back end and do that verse. But then I was like, nah, that's why we'll do the other ones. And I'll put my other verse on there, mm. you know, because like in memoriam to him, but at the same time it, it worked out. But, you know, it's like I, I wrote, I literally wrote the verse in my phone and it was a collaboration with me and him, but he never showed up to the studio, you know? So that's why I did it like that. That's why there's this other version, this other verse. And it all just kind of played out weirdly. And I wasn't even planning on it like that. But then it's like, yo, yeah, let's split this motherfucker up. We'll do multiple versions. Mm. We'll have multiple mimosas. It just sounds good. It just worked out. I didn't even try. It just came together. Okay. And this is a, is this a single off uh, your next project? Or no, is- it's just a, I'm just dropping, you know, I'm just dropping singles. I mean, right now, I'm just going to just drop these singles, you know, because doing the albums and doing all that, you know, like it's a lot of work. And the attention span you know it's hard to grab people's attention you know that's yeah, why i'm just saying it's got short attention span yeah, yeah so sure i'm just drop single i'm just drop these singles hit them with these shit hit them with this hit them with that you know because mm. i keep because spending a time on an album it's a lot of time to really sit down and make it like making an album is like writing a book it's like painting it's like making a movie you know and that's what I wanted to do with prices, you know, the flow and listening to it. Like when you slap the album, I want you to listen from the beginning to the end and make it flow through. You know, I don't want you to just like a couple songs. You know, I want it to be, I want it to flow, you know? So like right now I'm just trying to drop these singles because I don't have, I don't have the patience to sit and do an album again, like how I did last time, you know, mm. or the money, the prices are up, you know, it's a lot of money <laughs> to do that shit. I don't have the patience. Where do you, I mean, I know you've been doing this for a long time, but where do you see and where do you want your career to go in like the next five years? Where do you want to be? I want to be, you know, I want to be rocking stadiums, bro. I want to be traveling the world. I want to be performing. I want to be elevating people. I want to be raising their prices. I just want to, you know, I want to just have fun. I want to have fun. And that's the thing about music. You know, everybody's talking about rap is so dangerous. And rap is this, that. No, that's life. Mm-hmm. I want to be having fun and do it right. And I want to be celebrating. And I want to be performing. Because, like, people ain't even seen me perform. You know, people haven't seen me. Like, that's what it's really about, getting in front of the people and giving them your energy and feeling it back. Like when you're in front of a crowd and you're rocking 
And like, there's nothing like that. I, in the next five years, I want to be doing stadiums. I want to be doing stadium tours. I want to be in Europe. I want to be in China. I want to be in fucking Japan. I want to be in Australia doing stadiums mm. to, for a hundred thousand people and having them feel me and coming and supporting and just showing their love and wanting, you know, and you know, it's, it's, it's a reciprocation thing. You know, I want to be giving them all my energy and have them get it back. That's what I want to do. I don't even know if we're going to be here in the next five years. Oh, shit. I mean, you know, it might be Mad Max. I might be, I might be on the quad riding through East Oakley, you know, with the AR, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, tell the people where they can find your music. Uh, give them your Instagram where they can IG, reach out to you. You know the numbers, Mr. Max Prime, M-R-M-A-X-P-R-I-M-E-M on all platforms. Go get that title. I need those good streams, you know, go get that good title. You know, Spotify prices are going up. The album's out. Prices screwed up. I got a chopped and screwed album out with DJ Red. Shout out to Houston. You know, RIP take. That's just crazy. But, you know, I got the chopped and screwed album out. I'm on all platforms, you know, and the videos are coming soon. I know people want to see content and I know, I know people want to see what I'm doing. You know, they don't just want to listen, you know, so I'm, I'm, we're coming with the content. A lot of the shit though, you can't, you know, it's not meant, you know, it's, you got to pay to play, you know, it's pay-per-view. You got to pay for this. They can't see what we're doing on TV, you know, but, but we're going we gonna to get it. We're going to get it. So everybody uh, support support this brother. Uh, very talented, um, very intellectual dude. Um, I know him not from the music, but I just know him personally. So that tells me. I, the music is the afterthought, you know what I'm saying? I know him personally and I can vouch like he's good spirits. Always a, yeah. always a good vibe when I'm around him. So everyone go support him. Um follow him on Instagram, go stream his music, you know what I'm saying? I don't Very even mean shit. to interrupt, but like that's the crazy thing. I've only we've only interacted a few times, you know, but like that's the thing that's special and our connection goes past this time mm-hmm. because you know we we've been talking about doing this for a while and you saw something in me, you saw something in me and you knew this shit was going to be like this. And you, and you, you were like, yo, we got to do this. I need to bring you on. I want to bring this out of you. You saw that in me, yeah. you know, cause we haven't rocked, like we rocked, but it's been rare. Cause I moved too much. I moved too much, but you saw something in me and, and I really love you for bringing me on bro mm-hmm. and bringing me here for real. No, that's love, bro. You brought, you know, like you saw something in me and, and that takes a lot for a man to be like, yo, let's, let's, let's make it happen. Yeah. And, and that's power. So now introduce your new single mimosas to the people. I mean, the intro's already on there, but you saw us. We're drinking, we, you know, mimosas, you know, go go get a mimosa. It doesn't matter what time it is. It could be the morning. It could be the night. You know, little mimosas are always good. A little vitamin C, you know, get some healthiness in you. You can't always put the poison in. You got to put some good in you, too. So pop a bottle. Prices are up. Let's go. This is Mr. Maximus, and this is mimosas. Mimosas. And this is Everyday Celebrity Podcast, and we are out. You. Yee. Right. It's amazing, you know, it's how we do it. I'm champion, I don't play on team, I just set up. I gotta show them how to celebrate, have a good time. You gotta pop bottles, you gotta get a pop. Riding in the Porsche, fucking with these whores, pull up to the Lord's and I hit it in the forest. The view is so gorgeous. She was horny and a story for the glory. Champagne pouring, my muscles in the morning. 
horny Sex, call, keep my muscles in the morning Wake up, wake up, pick up the phone The girl won't leave me alone The girl won't leave me alone Right Hop up the Porsche, pop up a cork The pressure and tension you feel in my force Yo, the bitches look bored So we're gonna explore I've been there before, that's just part on the course She gobbled a dick and I finished my chores Whoops, I came in her core yeah, in the coke from the source, flame from the torch, pulling them strings, they just hide the record. These are the things on the star you wish for. Blow out your candles and count up your cake. Turn up at the lake. Really, then really get stuck on that fake. Willing and dealing, she came on a date. Oh, had some queen, so I called up my ace. I put coke in her butt and I came in her face. Mimosa, mimosa, mimosas in the morning. Sex, coke, mimosas in the morning. Mimosa, mimosa, mimosas in the morning. Sex, coke, mimosas in the morning. Wake up, wake up, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, bitch. On your back. Sex, coke, mimosas, nipple red hey. chokers. She a throw her motor boater. Fuck her, I fuck her faster, slower. She's a goer, I know her. Slap yeah. that Claude Von Stroke when I stroke her. Poker, strip poker, strip auto dick sumo. Big tuna, big puma like the crew. Rick ruler, pickle Rick is a ruler. I know it. Just like I'm making suck on the gecko. I like her tame, but I like the whore ghetto. Don't know her name, I like that more better. Know it's the truth when she hit the falsetto. Lick it, stick it, scratch it, sniff it. Leagues under my Charles Dickens. It's a party in the crib, I'm sucking titter. Mimosas in the morning if you with it. Mimosas, mimosas, mimosas in the morning. Sex, coke, mimosas in the morning. Mimosas, mimosas, mimosas in the morning. Sex, coke, keep mimosas in the morning. Wake up, wake up, pick up the phone. The girl won't leave me alone. The girl won't leave me alone. Why that bone mask got me in my demon flow? She fuck with me and can't leave me alone. Fuck with me for that throat cold. That's why I call her my throat coat. I'm getting my bands up, dollars be dancing. My poor teeth and we on scansing. I got my raps on it for the fashion. I need a mansion, yeah, I be dashing. They don't get bread like keto. They can know hearts like Levito. I just missed the end like Steve For me, she got a libido. Circular sunrise, I'm on the balcony watching the suns, yeah. Living like that, cause I know that everyone only got one like. Riding in the Porsche, fucking with these whores Pull up to the Lord's and I hit it in the forest The view is so gorgeous She was horny in a story for the glory Champagne pouring Mimosas in the morning Mimosas, mimosas, mimosas in the morning Sex, go